Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are down in Alabama. Now, we're literally down in Alabama covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen and bring a sense of humor because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. As the novel coronavirus wreaks havoc in Alabama and across the world, these are the stories of those seeking to survive the disease and its economic strain. I don't think that anyone out there is necessarily looking to blame anyone for what's happened here. Um, this is a tough virus, and in some ways it comes down to luck. You know, which facilities have a staff member who walks in infected and not knowing it and which one doesn't. You know, one may get an outbreak and one may not. And there may be no difference between the two other than that. Today we hear from AL.com investigative reporter and fellow podcaster, Amy Yurkinen. Amy covers the impact coronavirus continues to have on nursing homes in Alabama, where inevitable close contact between patients and caregivers can facilitate rapid transmission of the disease. We talk about what happens when someone in a nursing home is diagnosed with coronavirus and where that leaves the family members. We also talk about why facilities haven't been reporting their data and if testing in nursing homes is now a higher priority for the state. Amy, nationwide nursing homes and similar care facilities have raised concerns as sites where close contact between patients and caregivers can facilitate rapid transmission of the disease. And according to our colleague Lawrence Specker's reporting, care facilities in Alabama have been a significant source of COVID-19 cases, at least since mid-April. So when someone in a nursing home is diagnosed with coronavirus, what happens? Yeah, well, so the proper procedures are that that person is supposed to be isolated from the other residents. So They've really recommended from the very beginning that residents who test positive for COVID-19 be um, grouped together in a section of the, of the home that's dedicated just to people who have the virus. All the caregivers should be properly trained and equipped with protective equipment. So we're talking about gloves, masks, and these, you know, not just surgical masks, but the really good N95 masks that prevent ideally, the transmission of the virus to staff members and basically the gowns that they can wear to protect them from carrying the virus around on their clothes. And really, ideally, the home should have enough equipment for caregivers to change that a lot of that protective equipment every time that they interact with a patient who has the virus. And that can be really difficult for nursing homes because they struggled to get the personal protective equipment early on during this pandemic. I think that's improved a bit in the last month or so. But dealing with nursing home patients is like a really high contact, high touch kind of job. You know, we're talking about certified nursing assistants who really have to help them with 
almost everything they do, eating, drinking, getting dressed, sometimes turning them in bed to make sure that they don't get bed sores. You know, they interact with these patients just almost every hour of every day doing something. So that's a lot of personal protective equipment to go through to keep the staff members safe. And it also really ideally would prevent the staff from carrying that virus to other people in the nursing home who haven't been infected. And that's like what you're really trying to prevent here is from one or two cases to turn into dozens of cases, which unfortunately is what we've seen over and over again. It, it spreads like wildfire in these places and it spreads on staff. It spreads through air circulation. It just spreads through the shared space very easily. And this issue of COVID-19 in nursing homes is not going away. If anything, it's, it's kind of getting worse. And it, it really could hang around a really long time. And I think that this is becoming kind of the ground zero for where we're seeing just a lot of deaths and a lot of infections, not just in Alabama, but really across the country. Yeah. And I'm just curious about the families, the family members of the residents who are infected and obviously also the staff members who are at just as great a risk. Where does that leave the family members? What is the protocol when somebody's infected? What are the family members able to do? So this has been a really tough situation because, you know, visitation to nursing homes in Alabama was suspended, you know, around, I think, March 13th, whenever the emergency declaration was declared. And some homes ended visitation even before that. So, you know, we're talking about situations where family members had visited multiple times per week and all of a sudden they can't have a face-to-face -face visit with their family member. They can't come into the nursing home to see what's happening. They have to rely on maybe video calls. They might be able to wave at their family member through the window, but they're really on the outside of what's happening. And it's an incredibly scary situation, especially when they know that there are cases inside a nursing home, or even if they know that their family member has been infected, because there really isn't anything that they can do. It's very powerless to be on the outside and not be able to sort of feel like you can get firsthand information or observe what's happening. There was a change made to sort of nursing home policy by federal regulators on April 19th that, you know, nursing homes are required now to inform families when there are coronavirus cases in the facilities. And I believe that they are required to tell them how many cases that a facility has and how many staff members and residents are affected. And they also have to tell the family member, you know, what they're doing to try and kind of control the spread or, or keep people safe. And that's, that's an improvement because, again, early on, it was really up to the nursing home to determine what kind of information they were willing to share with family members. You know, I heard in particular from one, one man who lives in Minnesota, and his mother is in a nursing home in Marion County, Alabama. It's, the town is Hamilton. And they knew that there were COVID-19 cases there, but the administrator of the nursing home really wouldn't give out any information about the number of people infected or how many people had been tested. It was really a black box. And he was just tearing his hair out, trying to figure out 
if his mom was in danger, if anyone on her floor might have the virus. And eventually it turned out that she did test positive. And, you know, luckily she was asymptomatic. She handled it really well. But, you know, I really have heard again and again from a lot of people after I've written stories about nursing homes who are just frustrated and frightened because they had no idea what was going on with the place where their loved one was living. They knew it was a dangerous situation and they just really felt like their hands were tied in, in trying to help. And it's just a really difficult situation for families right now. Yeah, and just to go over some of the work that you've done last month, you reported that across Alabama, while more than 900 residents and workers in nursing homes and assisted living facilities had tested positive and 100 had died, state officials wouldn't say exactly where those cases had occurred, like you just mentioned. And as of last week, we had some more specific numbers with 23 deaths reported at the Crown Health Care Facility in Mobile, including residents and employees. But as you just got done saying, family members and advocates were asking the facilities to share that data and the state to share that data. So why weren't they sharing it? So, I mean, they're still not. So this is kind of, it's really a facility by facility decision on how much they're going to share. You know, the reason that we know the numbers from Crown is because Crown has made those public. There was a Hoover nursing home that announced a number of cases. The VA is a state home, the veterans home that I recently wrote a story about. So they, they do need to make their numbers public as a, a state-run institution. But as far as these privately run nursing homes, it's really been at their own discretion whether they want to come out with the numbers and, and tell people how many cases they have. And a lot of them haven't announced it. A lot of them really have been keeping it very close and secretive. And the reasoning right here, see what happens in a nursing home is when a patient tests positive, they are required to report that information to the State Department of Health. So we know that the State Department of Health knows which nursing homes have cases and they know how many people have died and they, they know exactly where the outbreaks are. They have not made that information public, and I have sought that information from both the Alabama Department of Public Health and the Jefferson County Department of Health, and both of them have said that they can't produce that information due to um, basically privacy. So, you know, obviously there's a HIPAA law that protects patient privacy, and I think what needs to be clarified here is that advocates have made it very clear that they're not asking for the names of patients or the names of staff members who have been infected, which would clearly be a violation of HIPAA. What they're asking for are numbers. And the state has really taken the position that that potentially violates patient privacy. But a lot of folks are saying that these are facilities and facilities are not entitled to HIPAA protection. You know, we're not talking about protecting a nursing home here. We're talking about making sure that patient information isn't disclosed. But if no one's asking for names or sort of identifying details, then this information should be made public. And you've seen a lot of states really move to make that information public. So states that initially took the same position as Alabama are now putting out detailed lists of which facilities have outbreaks and how many patients have been infected. So you've seen North Carolina do that. You've seen South Carolina do that. 
Uh, Louisiana did it and then they stopped. And I'm not quite sure what information they're providing right now, but I know Georgia is also producing that information by facility. So even in the South, you're seeing states step up and make that information more public than it has been in the past. Alabama is making no moves right now to make that information public. So right now, it's still really unclear which facilities have outbreaks outside of the handful that have just gone ahead and stepped up to make that information public themselves. Well, it just seems like in a fight against a pandemic where data is one of our biggest assets, where's the logic in refusal to disclose this information? I mean, is is it strictly about the optics? Wouldn't that data help facilities begging for more resources to fight the virus actually get them? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good point. I mean, I think that that certainly is an argument that could be made. And, and I mean, these nursing homes really have had to fight. I don't think that anyone out there is necessarily looking to blame anyone for what's happened here. Um, this is a tough virus. And, you know, it in some ways it comes down to luck, you know, which facilities have a staff member who walks in infected and not knowing it and which one doesn't, you know, one may get an outbreak and one may not. And there may be no difference between the two other than that. And I think it would be great to know. I think it would help. It would help the state understand a lot more about whether there are differences in the nursing homes that may be contributing to some having large outbreaks and others not. And I definitely think it could help steer resources in the right direction. You know, volunteers would know you know, where to send face masks and masks and all the things that they need to try to keep people safe. Your story said several family members reached out to say that they first heard about coronavirus from news reports instead of from nursing homes directly. And the executive director of an advocacy group that represents nursing home residents said that should never happen and called for all states to publicize the number of coronavirus cases by facility. And you said that they're still not really doing that. And I just wonder, like, are groups like that, the advocacy group, are they still making a strong push for it? Like, where do they stand right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've they've made their case. And again, you, you've seen a lot of states really choosing to make this information public. You know, here in Alabama, we've definitely heard advocates who who've wanted this information to be publicized, you haven't seen maybe as much organized activity to try and get it out there, but there's certainly been an outcry to try and make the information more public. And that may be something that we, you know, tackle in the in the future. Um, in North Carolina, I think one of the things that kind of pushed the state to open up was that a half dozen news organizations worked together to just kind of cobble together the data on their own. So they put together their own database of where the known cases were. And, and finally, they the state decided to make that public. In Arizona, you're seeing news organizations file a lawsuit to try and open that up. Texas, there's been a big push, although they have laws in Texas that make that information more confidential. So it may be harder there. But, you know, in Alabama, I don't know that we have a specific law that prevents Alabama Department of Health from putting this information out there. I think they've, you know, made this decision based on how they interpret federal privacy laws and that's, you know, where they stand right now. But moving forward, I think there will be a bigger push by advocates to try and 
get this information public. And hopefully we will continue to do what we can to, you know, make that information available to readers. One finally, as your piece says, once coronavirus gets a foothold inside nursing homes, it can spread with devastating speed. And the results can be similarly devastating, as in fatal. Kent Davis, the commissioner of the Alabama Department of Veterans Affairs, and he said that he wanted to test all the residents, but the state lab would only test those with symptoms such as fever and dry cough, leaving potentially infected but asymptomatic carriers mixed into the general population, which he called a ticking time bomb. Has Alabama since made nursing homes a higher priority for testing? They have not made them a higher priority for testing, although I think that the backlog issue that was tied to the priority has resolved. Um, initially, there was, you know, at the beginning of this, nursing homes would test residents and they would be waiting eight, 10 days to get the results, which is, again, just kind of unbelievable because they had to conserve protective equipment and it was just a really difficult situation not knowing who was infected. And that was because they were priority two. And there was a big push at the time to try to speed that up so that nursing homes would know more quickly who was infected. The state has changed some of the parameters as far as who they test. And they have they have agreed now to test people who are asymptomatic who are members of high-risk groups. And, and that includes people who live in nursing homes. So there has been some change on that front, although the technical sort of priority level of nursing home residents hasn't been increased. So their results are going to come back slower than other priority groups. So say like medical workers in a hospital would get their results more quickly than a nursing home resident. So, you know, there has been some changes and some improvement there to make these tests more available to more people living inside of nursing homes. You know, it still kind of remains to be seen whether that testing can be done with the frequency that needs to happen to really try to get these outbreaks under control. And the residents are, are one group that you need to focus on, but you also need to test the staff because what they've discovered really from looking at outbreaks across the U.S. is that often it's brought in by staff members and kind of spread through the facility by infected staff members. And then those staff members may have another job in another nursing home. And you end up with just sort of this really widespread infection pattern from staff members who are jumping from nursing home to nursing home. And that's been a huge problem as well. So you really have to bring in the staff on that testing as well. And you have to make sure that you're testing those folks whether they have symptoms or not, and make sure that you don't have infected staff members jumping from facility to facility, because that's really been an issue. If you'll allow me one follow-up, Amy, what's the good news for nursing homes? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's a really tough question to answer, because I think this has just been a very devastating virus for a lot of the nursing homes. You know, the majority don't have any cases. If you want to look at a silver lining, a lot of them took, you know, early precautions to really protect the residents. And and I think that we're learning a lot right now about sort of the vulnerabilities that nursing homes have. A lot of them have gotten really creative in keeping 
their residents connected to family members. You know, we've seen a larger adoption of sort of technologies, video calls and things like that that can keep them like safely connected to their loved ones without getting anyone sick. And I think that the nursing home workers have really stepped up. You know, these are healthcare heroes that aren't necessarily, you know, they don't necessarily get the credit that they deserve to. They're in the middle of this just as much as hospital workers are. And a lot of them are really doing their best to provide care and in what is a very scary situation. So those people really do deserve a round of applause and they deserve as much support as our state can give them. So I really hope that as we move forward in this, that the health department, in addition to making more information available, can make a lot, help make a lot more resources available to these facilities and start really protecting the people who live there because they are kind of the most vulnerable in our society. And it's something that's just, you know, I think it's important to all of us that we make sure that this is safe. And once we can get this virus under control, we can open these places back up and they can see their children and grandchildren again. And I know that a lot of people who live there are really looking forward to that. This has been hard on a lot of people, not just the people who are getting sick, but the people who haven't been able to see their families for months now. And the quicker we can sort of get a handle on this situation and, and get it under control, you know, the, the better it'll be for everyone inside. Amy, thank you so much. Like so many of our colleagues, you're doing amazing work. Keep it up. Well, thank you so much, Ben. And I've really been enjoying the podcast. And, and thank you so much for having me on. If you or anyone you know is affected by the coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.